Merry Christmas, everyone. From Bridgewater to you, I am so glad that you chose to spend your evening here with us. I know that there's a lot of busyness this time of year competing with your schedules. And just a free reminder, you only have one more day to finish up that Christmas shopping. Christmas is coming up fast. How many of you are last-minute shoppers when it comes to Christmas gifts? There's a few of you out there. I'm totally with you. Thankfully, my family finally started this new thing of drawing names during Thanksgiving, so I only have to buy a Christmas gift for one person in my immediate family instead of all six of them. And I think everybody else in my family was pretty jealous when I drew my dad's name because he's the easiest one to get gifts for. Super low maintenance. He told me that nothing would be better than a new toolbox. So I figured, all right, I'll get him nothing for Christmas. (laughs) So maybe your Christmas shopping is not as easy as it is for me. If I had to take a guess, you probably have a lot on your minds tonight. Just those last-minute preparations, shopping, wrapping gifts. Maybe you're thinking about all the family that will be over and the food that you need to prepare. And on top of that, there's just so many other distractions that keep us from remembering what Christmas is all about. I think that Christmas is the only holiday where we even use phrases like, remember the reason for the season, because we need that reminder that Christmas is about so much more than just lights and decorations. It's about more than just being with your family or or doing the family traditions. And I hate to say it, but Christmas hallmarks are not the reason for the season. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus, the very Son of God, left his rightful place in heaven and came to earth to be born in a manger, surrounded by animals, visited by shepherds. You probably think about the three wise men who traveled from a distant land just to meet the Son of God. And that is what Christmas is all about. But even when we remember what Christmas is about, the events that took place, sometimes we don't ask the question, why? Why would God send his son from heaven to dwell among men? Why would he do that? And the answer to that question is God wants to dwell with you. And we know this to be true even from the very name of Jesus. Before Jesus was born, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. There are actually eight people in the Bible that God named before they were even born. And God didn't just give them a name because he wanted to give them a name that sounded cool, but he gave them names with very deep significance. And the same is true for Jesus. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. And the very purpose that Jesus came from heaven to earth was to save his people from their sins. We are all in need of this saving because we're all sinners. And sin is anything that goes against God. It's any thought, 
action or motivation that does not honor God. And sin is such a big deal because God is perfect and holy, and sin cuts us off from having a relationship with him. And the penalty for sin is to spend all of eternity in separation from God. Now, there's a pretty common belief that at our core, most people are actually inherently good. But, but the Bible says something just the opposite. The Bible says that we are all in need of this saving because even though you might think that you're not as bad as somebody else or if you're just a good person 80% of the time, then you're fine. But we all need this saving because sin is like drinking a deadly poison. Even if you drink just a little bit of deadly poison, you still need the solution. You need the antidote. And who would ever be like, nah, I don't need that. I only drank like two cups of poison. I'm not as bad off as those people who drank a whole gallon. Unless you're Chuck Norris, if you drink that much poison, you are in trouble. And thankfully, God is the solution to our sin problem by sending Jesus. In our mess of sin, in the depths of our brokenness, God could have just looked at us and then turned his back on us and left us helpless. He could have been like, well, that didn't turn out, but moving on. Maybe God could have come up with some other solutions for our sin problems. Maybe he could have hit rewind on history and gone all the way back to the time before sin had entered the world. And maybe things could have played out different. Maybe God could have just scooped us up and carried us up to heaven to be with him. But instead of all that, Jesus was our rescue when he came from heaven to meet us right where we were at, right in our brokenness and in our mess. And that is why Jesus is also given the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when he left his place in heaven, he came to earth and lived among men the perfect and sinless life that we could never live. None of us could be as perfect as Jesus. And it was important for him to do that because after living the perfect life, he became the perfect sacrifice when he died on the cross and he took the penalty for our sins that we deserve to pay. And that penalty wasn't just about physical torture. Yeah, that was part of it. But Jesus suffered the abandonment of God on the cross so that we would never have to be abandoned by God. And while Jesus was hanging there up on the cross, God turned his back on his very own son so that he could reach out to us with outstretched arms because Jesus had paid that price for us. And the agonies of being crucified on a cross, they're absolutely awful. But that doesn't even compare to just the suffering and the agony of being abandoned by God. And Jesus went through all of that so that God could have a relationship with you, so that God could dwell with you forever. And that is God's rescue plan. That's the story of Christmas. I wish that I had a story of how I just met somebody in their brokenness and their mess and just scooped them up and rescued them, but I, I'm not enough like God to have a story like that. Instead, I have a story about how my family had a dog for just one day. Yep, <laughs> one day. And it's probably enough to tell you that this dog was a chihuahua, and I wouldn't even have to finish the story. 
So ever since me and my younger sisters were very young, we always wanted a dog. And my parents told us that we could get a dog when my youngest sister was potty trained. And it had been years since my youngest sister was potty trained, and we still didn't have a dog. And my aunt ended up with this chihuahua, and she offered it to my family. My parents said that we could keep the dog, and it lasted in our house for just one day. And I remember it so clearly. It was a Sunday morning. We're all getting ready to go to church, and this dog made a mess on the floor. Yeah, and you know whose fault that mess was? The chihuahuas, 100%. Like, it caused the problem, but it was incapable of being the solution. That dog couldn't clean up its own mess. And it needed one of us to reach down and to get our hands dirty and clean up that mess. And neither me nor my sisters were willing to clean up after that dog. So my parents were like, all right, if you can't take care of this animal, no dog. And so you can pray for my aunt because we gave that chihuahua back to her and she's had to deal with it ever since. But maybe you think that God would treat you the same way. And when God looks at you in your mess, your brokenness, and the depths of your sin, I mean, maybe you've got some things in your past that you are not very proud of. And you have to expect that God would just turn his back on you like, no, I'm not about to clean that up. That's just too messy. That's too far gone. But the truth is that even if you are broken, even if you have a past of sin and a mess, that God loved you so much that he was willing to reach into that brokenness and that mess and to make a way to have a relationship with you because he loves you so much and he wants to dwell with you, not only for this life, but for all of eternity. And before Jesus went back to heaven, he said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Jesus is talking about preparing a place in heaven. And I I don't know much about heaven, but the Bible does say a few things about God. That God is the perfect representation of of love, of peace, of mercy, of graciousness. And if that's what God is all about, I think that's what heaven is all about too. When we can look forward to that day of being with God forever, when there's no more pain, no more suffering like we experience in this life. And I think about the very best days of my life, whether it's my birthday or As a kid waking up on a Christmas morning, just that excitement about everything in store. And I think about heaven and just every day having that kind of excitement for all of eternity because I get to be with God, the one who made a way for me to have a relationship with me. And that is something that we can look forward to because Jesus made a way when he came to earth. And so we're all confronted with this decision, a decision to dwell with God forever or to choose to live in separation from God. And if you would like to dwell with God forever, what that takes is believing that Jesus is the one and only way to salvation, a way to heaven, that Jesus 
is everything that he says he is, that he truly is the son of God, and to put your faith in him, and then to make God the leader of your life. And if you are interested in making a decision like that, or even if you just have any questions about salvation, you can take advantage of this card that you got when you walked in. And on the back here, it says, Next Steps. And you could check off, accept Christ as my Savior, or you could even just write on there any questions that you might have. And we'd love to follow up with you and just help you take the next step in your faith. Let me pray, and then we'll continue on with the service. Heavenly Father, I thank you that in our mess, in our brokenness, you did not turn your back on us. You did not leave us to be helpless, but you are our rescue. And that came as a, as a sacrifice, and it almost breaks my heart just to think about Jesus hanging on that cross, experiencing the abandonment uh, that, that you left him, forsook him, so that you would never have to forsake those who have placed their faith in you. And God, I thank you for the hope that we have of knowing that we could dwell with you forever, to have you along with every step of our lives today in the here and now, but even for all of eternity. And God, if, if there's somebody here tonight who has not made that decision to follow after you and experience a relationship with you, I ask that you would work in their hearts and bring them to that place. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, to be honest, I don't know why we celebrate Christmas this time of year. It's actually pretty unlikely that Jesus was born on December 25th. But one unique fact about this time of year is that the days are shorter and it's darker. And the Bible says that Jesus is the light that shone in the darkness. And so this is why we are lighting candles tonight. And at this time, if you'd like to get your candles ready, we'll be having some people coming down the aisles here with a lighter. And once your candle is lit, then you can hold it out to the person next to you and take the unlit candle and tip it down into the flame. And the, lighting these candles is a picture of how Jesus was the light in the darkness. And we can read about this in John. And in John it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made though the world was made through him the world did not recognize him he came to what to that which was his own but his own did not receive him yet to all who did receive him to those who believe in his name he gave the right to become children of god children born not of natural descent nor human decision or a husband's will but born of god the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. 
we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 